This is Kimberly Maylee, and you are listening to The Football Pod, conveniently found at thefootballpod.com. It's Monday, December 18th, 2017. Yesterday was a wild day in the NFL. We got some pretty good games, highlighted by some unique scenarios, touchdowns, turnovers, even touchbacks. We got a little bit of everything yesterday. Sam, we even had the return of the catch-no-catch in the Steelers-Patriots game. We did. That was a pretty crazy finish. It certainly sets up New England really well for the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see uh, those two teams again in the AFC Championship, though. It will be. But I think Kansas City and Jacksonville may have something to say about that. The Chiefs and the Jaguars had big wins this weekend, too. So the division winners in the AFC are looking pretty solid now. The wildcard spots are totally up for grabs, though, and we will talk about all of that tonight. But first, tell everyone where we are. Kim, we're in Studio A at Syracuse Technologies. We record here every week thanks to their sponsorship. We've got the best equipment and production technology, and they can help you guys and girls with your media and production needs, too. Syracuse Technologies regularly provides multimedia solutions for numerous purposes, including conferences and events. So they can help you in your business with IT services, event services, and more. They do it all, and they do it all really well. Syracuse Technologies doesn't just do some of the best media production work in the Northeast. They're also a certified Microsoft partner. So if you want to get your business transitioned to Office 365 or other cloud-based solutions, talk to Syracuse Technologies. Whatever your business technology requirements are, talk to them about solutions. Head over to their website at cusetech.com. That's cusetech.com, and tell them Kimberly Ann Maley sent you, and they will absolutely take care of you. That's true. They will. And we're going to take care of everyone listening this week, because back in the studio with us, but for the first time this year, is Jeremy Debatis. You've seen Jeremy's excellent coverage of the Kansas City Chiefs on thefootballpod.com every week, but we haven't gotten him in studio until now. Jeremy, welcome back to the Syracuse Technologies studio. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. We sure are, too. So we've got to see we had a chance to see you yesterday um, at the fantasy football Christmas party. And now again tonight, um, we can never have too much Jeremy. And this is perfect because you help us break down just, um, you know, how far hopefully the Chiefs might go in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'll give you some insight. Okay. so we certainly have a lot to talk about tonight and we will get to all of it. Let's start with the story of the day. And I've got two guys that played receiver in studio. So this is a great place to start. Um, It didn't involve Des Bryant this time. And it wasn't quite as important as a divisional playoff game. But guys, was it a catch last night? Jeremy? Um, No, I don't don't think so. I I just base that purely on the rules. Um, If the ground makes the ball come out, it's not a catch. And... People can complain all they like, but within the rules that are set, it is not a catch. I thought we might disagree on this, but I I agree with Jeremy. Um, my opinion is absolutely not. Well, it's not really either of our opinions. It's fact based on the rules. But what bothered me today was all of the, um, yes, it was a catch commentary. A, no, it's not. But B, um, just by the rules, and but that and that was like kind of the cop out line all day with this story is we'll buy the this bullshit line about like well by the way the rule is written I guess it's not a catch, um, it's not a it's not a catch if you don't possess the ball before it 
touches the ground. Um, the And one of the problems with replay is it takes that play and slows it down. In real time, he's got the ball for less than a second before he loses control of it, falling to the ground. Um, so it's, it's absolutely not a catch. And also I think just the fact that it's at the goal line, people are wrongly c- conflating running backs or any ball carrier. It could be a receiver who's actually established possession breaking the plane. If this had took, took place at the 35-yard line, it would just be an incomplete pass and everyone would move on. But because he's at the, the, the goal line, people want to give him, the, the receiver, the benefit of the doubt on possession. And possession, my opinion, possession had never been established. No, you see plays every week where guys have the ball for much longer than he had the yeah. ball. And then they either get hit or they drop it or they go down when they drop and drop it. And it's really incomplete and no one ever complains. Yeah. And there's always the one guy who tries to like pick the ball up and run the other way. Sure. Which is smart. I mean, which, yeah, which is smart for someone on the field to pick it up and go. But um, I just, I think it's an incomplete pass and that's it. And, um, and a lot of people are complaining about the rule. And I, I don't even have a problem with the rule because it's one of those things that every couple of years it gets attention and debated. And, you know, it's how much do you want to like focus on this one minor way of like whether or not a hand is underneath or the ball is moving? It just seems like too much focus. Yeah, it. I, I do understand that people have a hard time with um, hearing that the ground can't cause a fumble. And then they watched that play last night, and the ground caused an incomplete pass. So I understand that people struggle with the inconsistency of understanding those two things. But I don't know. We should be smart enough to just know there are different scenarios. A ball, a running back, any any ball carrier has already established um, possession, and a receiver hasn't. And here's the thing: catching the football is really hard. <laughs> Getting and. Um, and Jeremy knows this as, as well as anyone having um, played receiver up to up to a little bit of uh, college football. Always, always good to have a always good to have a college player in studio. It was um, not a successful college football. Well, career. but you it's the you experience. Were, hey, you were on the roster. Um, I don't even know, know if I was there long enough yeah. to be on the roster. <laughs> you, but you know that when you are, you know, the first time, like for a lot of people, the first time you play is freshman year in high school, and when you first put on shoulder pads and a helmet like catch it like you realize like holy shit what these guys on tv do is so much harder than playing catch in the yard and um but uh running your route getting open separating from the defensive back catching the catching the football is such a difficult process like a catch is hard and i have no problem with that and i have no problem with the nfl having the toughest that's the other thing that i heard a lot today is you know, in high school or college, that's a catch. A, I don't, I don't know if that's even necessarily true. And B, if the NFL has a more stringent uh, requirement for a catch, I have no problem with that. There's, they should have the hardest restrictions. Yeah, these, these are the best people on the planet. So, I get some confusion over it, especially the the terminology with the ground, because you've been told forever that the ground can't cause a fumble Mm -hmm. but i i don't know i have no problem with it so it seems like our experienced receivers in studio have come to a consensus so i'm going to keep my snarky patriots comments to myself oh do you think there's something bigger going on i'm just going to keep it to myself oh okay. so whether you thought it was a catch or not 
It does sound like the NFL needs to do a better job being consistent with what role the ground plays in causing turnovers and or drops. Okay. Um, but regardless, it gets New England to 11-3, and three, and they've got the inside track on a number one seed in the conference. So let's pencil them in, and let's also pencil in Pittsburgh in as the number two seed. Guys, if you're Bill Belichick and you've got the number one seed and you're hosting a divisional playoff game, which AFC do you not want to see? Um, are there any matchups that might scare you, Jeremy, if the Chiefs get in as a number four seed and they win their wild card game? Is there any chance they repeat their week one performance in Foxborough? There is. Um, Andy Reid has actually been, and Alex Smith, the combo has been fairly successful against the Patriots. They are, I think they're two and one against them, which if you play the Patriots three times and you beat them twice, beating Brady and Belichick twice is out of three times is really good. So I I think they have a, a fair chance. I think they have as good a chance as anyone at beating them. The issue with the chiefs is they have just as good a chance of beating the Patriots as they do to losing to whatever team they face in their first game. First game. Yeah. Yeah. And you just don't know what team's going to show up. That is, that's interesting. I want, I want to come back to the Chiefs. I, but I, I disagree with Jeremy to Kim's question about if you're Bill Belichick and which team do you not want to face in that divisional round. This is going to sound crazy, but I am going to say Jacksonville, and my reason for that is um, I just love their defense so much. And defense generally travels really well at any level of football, including the NFL playoffs. So that would be the team that I think could come up there, get into an ugly game with New England, potentially you know ugly game. In uh, I don't think uh, the New England weather will impact them the way it would most Southern or Dome teams. So I think Jacksonville could go up there. It would take um, probably a couple fortunate bounces, you know, a couple big plays on special teams maybe. But you look at what Jacksonville did to Pittsburgh earlier this year, and New England won't turn it over the way Pittsburgh did in that game. But I, I think Jacksonville could could hang around, get into a fight with New England, and really put a scare into them. Yeah, I agree. I think the Jaguars probably have the best chance of forcing the Patriots to play their game. Good point. Yep. Um, because their game is a slower game usually, yep. and they can match up well with, you know, the the Patriots' offensive weapons are not amazing overall. I mean, obviously Gronk is Gronk, but I feel like the defense is good enough to double-team him and still yeah. be able to neutralize the other weapons and get enough pressure on Brady or to cover the, the other weapons well enough that Brady that ends up getting pressure. Yes. So that is, and that's what scares me about the Chiefs. I don't trust the Chiefs defense no. at New England. That's what if I know it's only one guy, but if Eric Berry's healthy, oh no, if, I know. If, if 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 the Chiefs were at full strength, I would feel a lot better, you know, Kim you said week 1 repeat. I would mm-hmm. I would feel a lot better if the Chiefs had their week 1 roster going into that game whereas Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville's had some injury stuff too, especially on offense. But defensively, I just, I, I, I just when I look at Kansas City's offense, Kansas City's defense, Jacksonville's offense, Jacksonville's defense. To me, the best unit by far is the Jacksonville defense of those four. 
and th- that's why I go with them. Well, along with the Jaguars probably having the best chance of forcing the Pats to play their game, I feel like the Chiefs offer the best chance of beating the Pats at the at Pats their, game. At their own game. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. Yeah. That's I, what they did in the like open. The, they can put a point with you. They can run with you. And and we saw um, some. We saw them get back to a lot of that in that Saturday night game against yeah. the Chargers. So, um, so, so they – do you think that – do you think I don't want to say they're back because I don't ever give that much credence to a 5 and 0 start in the NFL anyway but are they at least again I can't think of a better word than are they back but I mean how do you you you, you watch are they every on the game upswing every, but yeah like are, I mean what kind of momentum do they have here these next I, couple I think weeks it's going, going in a good direction I think this next game is incredibly important for them it's an easy um, game for them to just should be to, to drop it, you know, because they've been playing well and it's it seems like they could easily make mistakes and fall apart and not even make the playoffs. Still, unlikely, unlikely with the, the two game tiebreaker over San Diego. That's unlikely, but but yeah, it's, yeah. But like it's it's like I said with them this year, yeah, they are been so just as down. likely to beat the best teams as they are to lose to the worst teams. Yeah. It's honestly happened this year. I mean, they lost to the Jets and the Giants, who are who are two weaker teams this year. Yeah. Oh, they're bad. Yeah. Um, if you lose to both New Jersey teams in 2017, that's bad. Yeah. Well, it will certainly be interesting to see how um, it plays out in the next couple of weeks. Um, just like we did for the Patriots, let's do the same for the Steelers. So if you're Mike Tomlin and you're hosting in the divisional round, who do you not want to see coming to Pittsburgh? And I'm going to get my vote in now, which is Baltimore. What do you think, Sam? Uh, you stole mine. Um, <laughs> so when I look at the teams that could be playing in Wild Card Weekend and advancing, if you're the Steelers, the one that I absolutely don't want to see is Baltimore. Um, it's an AFC North opponent. The teams know each other incredibly well. Uh, they've this is a this is a good stat. They've split ten to ten over their last twenty times that they've played. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, we saw the Ravens nearly win that game in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and since the Steelers won both this year, you know how that goes. You never want to have to beat the same team a third time. It just it, statistically, yeah. It, well, and it's not so much what's in, when you say that in the NFL. What's part of that is that means you're if you're playing a third time, you're division rivals. Yeah. So, um, so again, they know each other so well. Ravens, I thought, kind of botched that game they should have won a couple weeks ago so that matchup would scare me the most if i was a steelers fan what do you think i mean probably back to the jaguars i think that oh yeah because that's because and that's and that's likely yeah and i think the jag i mean the the steelers the one thing with roethlisberger he he will throw interceptions now and again and i think that the Jaguars have the defense that can cause the turnovers. They did it once in Pittsburgh this year already. Yeah, so that's a yeah, that's a good thought. The ba- Baltimore came to mind for me just like Kim right away. But you're right, Jackson. I guess since I was thinking about Jacksonville possibly, although it's you're right because it's probably going to be Jacksonville at Pittsburgh, Most and if likely. KC wins, because right, Jacksonville's going to be three, KC's going to be four. So, um, <laughs> so winning that game last night was pretty huge for New England because then they get to avoid Jacksonville. Yeah. But like Jeremy said, Casey can maybe outscore them. Um, yeah, you never know. So so we've just talked about the two top seeds and possible playoff matchups. 
here's what we're going to do now. I'm going to read off the schedule for some AFC wildcard contending teams this week. And when I get done, Sam, you'll have to wait till I finish. Okay. Then you guys will tell me who's most likely to lose this weekend and really hurt their playoff chances. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Saturday night, remember, we've got Saturday games now. So Saturday night, Indianapolis goes to Baltimore. That one doesn't sound too tricky for the Ravens. What are your thoughts? Oh, are you – Or am I allowed to talk for each one? Or are you going to – or are there more you're going to tell us about? All right. I'll tell you more. And then you're right. Thank you for listening. Okay. Um, Sunday now. That was pretty good. The, uh, you think I was trying to trick you? Good job telling yourself <laughs> to not talk. Good Good job with self-control. <laughs> it's the Positivity Project character strength of the week. Okay. Self-control. Okay, great. Um, Sunday now, the LA Rams go to Nashville to play the Titans. Tennessee has – been really exposed the past couple weeks so this may be the game that drops the titans out of the playoff chase altogether who knows miami at kansas city is next that shouldn't be too difficult for the chiefs um but you never know buffalo at new england probably not the game bills fans wanted if they want to see the bills stay alive here and jacksonville sam's new favorite team goes to san francisco that's a game that looks a lot trickier now that the 49ers have a quarterback and some life. I think they just won their fourth game last night. Yeah, but it's three in a row, mm. and they just they look so good. I mean, right? That, it's that, night and day. This and this and the trade for Garoppolo. I mean, they th- what a steal oh, yeah. Yeah. for a second-round pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're starting QB, possible franchise for, for QB next, for a second-round like, pick. Yeah. Decade or dozen years or so, and, and he looks really good. It's John Lynch's okay. best move. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that that is going to. The, I know the 49ers don't have anything to do with this question, but um, they're. I mean they're going to be really good next year. As long not, as, not really good, but like eight win good right, team. Right. Right. So I just gave you guys five games okay. involving the Ravens, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Jaguars. I'd be shocked if they go five and zero on Christmas Eve. What do you guys think? Who's most likely to get knocked off? Uh, I I think the. Um the easiest one or the easy one to pick is the Bills. Yeah. But at the same time, as much as you say that's probably not the team Bills fans want to see them playing, I can't imagine the Bills fans wanting to beat a team more to get into the playoffs than the New England Patriots. That would be amazing. It's just not going to happen because it mean New England just had the the win to get themselves back in the driver's seat for the one seed, so they're just they're not going to lose to the Bills unless some, you know, unless Brady gets injured or something. But um they don't like pay their refs or something <laughs> kim just loves the patriots um i i agree with everything you said if you're a bills fan which it's been a fun season so far for bills fans for the most part um yes th- that's a game they absolutely want to win but i think it's i think it's unlikely to answer kim's question but let's go a level deeper because that's what I, like you said that's the easy choice what do you think? What which one next do you think of those ones that she just read off the schedule? So, so we're coming to consensus that the Bills are the first one that really the, are going to get knocked off. But, but then, Rams Titans right now. Yeah. There's no even though the game's in Nashville. There's no way you see the Titans no, winning that game, right? No. And the Rams are really good. That's a uh, that's a tough tough matchup for the, Ram- the Titans. The Rams are for real, and we yeah we know that so. Um, all right. Uh, who uh, otherwise though? Baltimore's going to beat the Colts, right? Which is yeah. weird because it's they used to be uh, Indianapolis used to be in Baltimore. So I always get tripped up almost when I say that. So the Ravens are going to beat the Colts. 
the Chiefs are at home for the Dolphins. They should win that game. Yeah, and I, I, any time that a team has an extra day of rest in the NFL, I think is an advantage. Yeah, and the Chiefs have that this week. Yep. So it's a, and it's a and it's a great advantage this time of year. Yeah. Um, and then Jacksonville at San Francisco. I bet that's a close game. I bet the 49ers be, hang around. Be interesting to see the spread come out. Um, yeah, in that game. Yeah, that so. So, Kim, I don't know how well we answered your question, but I would say of those five games, the, the teams, from the perspective of the teams you named, I would say they probably go, because you said it's unlikely they're going to go 5-0, and mm-hmm. so probably like 3-2-ish. and two okay. ish. I'd say around that, yeah. All right. Well, let's head over to the NFC for the f- next few minutes. Okay, um, good. We've been putting this off, but um, Green Bay lost yesterday, so they're pretty much eliminated at this point. I was wondering when we'd get to Green Bay, but I wasn't going to push the issue. <laughs> Um, it's been 24 hours, so I'm slowly getting over it. Okay. Um, it was just a tough way to lose. It was. I mean, Aaron had a little bit of a rough day, which I think was to be expected since it was his first game back. But then they're driving late to hopefully tie the game, and you got started getting you know, this feeling, okay, we've got Aaron Rodgers. He'll do it again. We'll win this game. But then they had the fumble, and that was it. Yeah, so Green Bay 7-7 seven and seven now, and – They've got five teams by my count ahead of them in the wild card race alone, so their their playoff chances are almost non-existent. Um, so, Kim, this is really more a question for you, um, but Jeremy too, obviously. This, but this comes to mind for me: Should Rogers be playing these last two games, or should they not risk his health? Um, I know on the website last week you wrote how important it is for Rogers to to play if he's healthy. So, do you stand by that? Um, do you want to see him play the Vikings on Saturday night or with the playoffs out of reach? Does that change your mind? You know, I, I'm going back and forth on this. I, I hope that, um, Green Bay wouldn't have put Aaron Rodgers in if he wasn't close to 100% healthy or, you know, up there. Um, there's a lot of different scenarios that can come into play, you know, if all the cards come into place, but it's very slim that that will happen. So it's very slim that the that Green Bay will make it um, to the playoffs as a wild card um, team. But I think play Aaron Rodgers Saturday against the Vikings. He might have been a bit rusty in yesterday's game, but nothing really major stood out. Um, if he's healthy enough to um, play in yesterday's game, I say start him off with the Vikings, see how things are going, and, and keep him in for another week. Then maybe look at the um, the spread on where what teams are still in the hunt and what their chances are of making a playoff run. That's a really good point. Um, I'm going to come at it more from the Vikings' perspective. If, if Rodgers plays... You know, if he's fine and he plays and it's Saturday night, it's not Sunday, so everyone's going to be watching Saturday night and the game's at Lambeau and it's probably going to be pretty miserable weather. Vikings are a dome team. Isn't this almost a, a if Rodgers is playing, isn't this almost a, a a playoff preview kind of test for Minnesota? Yeah, it's almost like the are, are you for real Vikings. Yes. Because, you know, the Lions are okay. The Bears are not very good nope. this year. And, you know, the Packers essentially had a lot of their season stolen by injury. So it was by the Vikings. <laughs> so it was pretty easy for the Vikings to take the driver's seat and take the division. 
I think Rodgers has to play, especially okay, especially this game. Yeah. Because, like, this is a division rival, and if and you if can just can spoil, beat them at home. If you can eliminate them from the one seed. Yes. that's. Also, as a coach's perspective, you just had Aaron Rodgers at a press conference or whatnot say, I'm not coming back to save Green Bay's, Green Bay's season. That's not the reason why I'm coming back. And, you know, as a coach's perspective, we don't want fans to think we just put Aaron Rodgers in because we want to see if he can help us get to the playoffs. Well, if you take him out the following week, I mean, it's it doesn't look good. Oh, I see where you're going I understand that. Okay. that they can always use the card while he's not at his, you know. So you're saying if, the, if now they say, oh, you're not going to play, it'll, it looks like we were willing to risk yes, your health yes. while the playoffs are on the line. Right. But so, now we don't trust – ourselves and our it's team doctor that he was point. that healthy to begin with. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a very good point. Yeah. Kim. I mean you have to think about these things like when you're ready to call in sick but you're not really sick at work and you gotta make sure that you stay off of Facebook and not be seen <laughs> at them. You know what I mean? Things you gotta think through. Okay. Yeah. Well anytime you take a top <laughs> NFL talent, <laughs> especially a quarterback, I mean, they all have massive egos. They yeah. all want to play. Yeah. You know, and and the playoffs going into yesterday were still a really um, legit possibility for them if they had won. So, so he so so he had to. Kim wrote about it on the website. He had to play. Um, now I just think we'll hear a lot this week about whether or not he should keep playing. Yeah. Um, and I think as the weeks go on, then we'll get a better sense of should he continue to play. And there's only two more, so <laughs> you're right. And you know. As far as they're like. <laughs> weird weak chances of making the playoffs are it's not impossible it's not the f- there was a year when herm edwards was the coach of the chiefs where they ended up nine and seven i think they lost their last game of the year but every other team that they needed to lose like the last two weeks okay. also lost oh okay they just were like fourth hey, or how's fifth her, how's herm gonna do i was in, just gonna uh, say the his desert. name is herm herm edwards herm edwards what is his um full name herman hermit herman herman yeah herman yeah. Huh. Hey, how's Herm gonna do in the desert? Did he take the job? Yeah, he's, Herm is the uh, is the college football fans know if you follow only NFL, you you might not be aware of this, but Herm Edwards is uh, going to be the head Arizona coach State. at Arizona State. Um, seems a little odd. He hasn't coached college football since the '80s. I've long thought that Herm oh. Edwards would be a good college you, no, coach. You, you and I have talked about this like ten years ago because. His players will love him. He's a great motivator. He's uh, got to be a good recruiter. He's right? going to be an amazing recruiter because he's a very charismatic guy. When Herm Edwards like walks into your room and you're but a 17 year old kid, he's, he's going to win you over. He's charismatic, but not in like a politician's way. Like a politician's like charismatic, but not they're like a fake. Donald Trump way. Well, he's definitely not like Donald <laughs> Trump in any way. But um, I, I, think I can tell the difference between he's, them. He's charismatic and genuine. Yes. Like when, like when Herm Edwards shows up to recruit you and is pitching you, I, I think he wants that kid to come play and will do his best to to take care of them. And he's a he's a wonderful human being. I mean, he's a great guy. Sounds well, like he's loyal. That's his character strength. Well, he he brings other things with them with him that I think will impress high school kids who are like looking to go play. He has NFL experience. Yep. He's gonna run an NFL style of team. Offense and defense. He's going to, I mean, he's been on ESPN for like the last five years. He's, he's been on him. TV. People yep. have like watched him. Yeah. And that's such a big thing it is these big days. Deal. It is a big deal. And and the NFL experience as a player, 
assistant coach. Had, I mean, he, he had a. They still the, show his famous highlight. The, yeah. Of the the, the fumble the Giants, recovery. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, before ESPN and being a, a face on TV, we're talking about a like a forty year career in the NFL. So, to whatever, uh, to whatever extent that that works in recruiting, he he can take advantage of that as much as anyone. I just. I just wonder. I I wish that he had made this move a dozen years ago. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how he actually um, progresses players and develops them. Yeah. Because a lot of that, and but a lot of that maybe maybe his plan now is I will delegate that to us. It's weird because Arizona State fired their coach and they've replaced him with Herm, but they didn't fire any of the staff. Yeah, it, it's so it's like the athletic department said we really like our staff, just not the head coach. The the AD and the they head want coach a cool face it, for the in, program. Yeah, so so it's that's how it comes. That's how the hire comes across is like a face of the program hire rather than rather than a a, a true head coach coming in and and building an entirely new staff. It's it's just weird. Essentially, it's a weird story. essentially the Arizona State um, AD and like president of the university just had the exact same conversation that you and I did. Yeah. And they were like, well, let's well, do it. What do you think? Let's do it. Well, <laughs> you probably, probably can't build a staff. It's kind of charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeremy brings up um, a very good point. Um, Green Bay, although slim chance, you know, never say never. The Vikings um, definitely make this transition easy here. I mean, Minnesota and Philly are playing for the seed in the NFC, and the Vikings are a game back at 11-3. and three, So Philly's 12-2. and two. They both had take care of business games against bad teams yesterday. Um, the Vikings looked really good and won easily. The Eagles had their hands full with a very bad Giants team. Jeremy, is that forgivable for the Eagles? They were starting a new quarterback and still got a win on the road in the division. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Um, e- even a bad Giants team plays the Eagles hard. They just always lose. Yeah, it's the same thing as a you know division rivalry game anywhere. So I I have no issues with that whatsoever. And Kim's right, new quarterback. Yeah, Um, and he put up like very similar statistics. No, no, he did. Yeah, he 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 played a pretty good game. Um, so not a not a big deal. You 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 called it right. It's a take care of business Mm -hmm. game, and they did. And Sam, it probably made you happy that the Giants didn't choke and actually. Winning. And actually win. Yeah. That does make me happy, but I picked Philly to cover, so that sucked. <laughs> I, the Giants make me so mad because I can't get them right this year. When I think, okay, they're going to play tough and they'll cover, and I take them, they don't. Yeah. And then when I bet against them, they they still lose but cover. But Kim's right. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've been hoping for them to uh, end up. Two and fourteen, and safely in the mm-hmm. uh, in the second spot. Only the Browns can beat them for the top spot in the draft. Right. Um, so, Jeremy, Sam's been complaining about the Giants ever since we started this podcast. True. Um, I have to give it to you, credit though, Sam. Um, if my team was losing, like your team, <laughs> I would definitely be um, more depressed. Well, you have Aaron Rodgers, so it just wouldn't happen. Well, I just I just want to give you credit there. But one, but one of the things I wrote on the website this year in one of my Giants rants was if the Patriots, Packers, Steelers, or um, Seahawks, those are the, the four examples I used, if they had a stretch like the Giants have had for the past six years, 
the fans would be so upset. Yeah. Ownership. I mean, Green Bay is a weird ownership situation, but ownership. You'd have management of those teams. Coach GM would would be feeling pressure from ownership from the top and the fan base from everywhere else. And in the Giants, um, nobody seems to care. Everybody just makes excuses um, and is fine with the New York Giants having their worst stretch of uh, lack of playoff productivity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my lifetime as a Giants fan. Huh. It's never been th- it's statistically never been this bad. So. Um, so yeah, so I I want I want them to uh, have a good draft pick and and rebuild this thing. Well, let's get a non-Giants fans perspective here. Okay. So Jeremy, are the Giants just having a bad year, and they could be right back in contention next year if they fix a few things in the off season, or should they embark on a complete rebuilding process, up to and including Eli Manning? A complete rebuilding process is is difficult. I, again, this is something I've watched the Chiefs do with Herm Edwards. I almost feel like the Giants, while they're really bad this year, even if they were fully healthy, you know, they were probably looking at like a six and ten season. But I feel like they're not. They're they're more of just like a guy or two away at like positions they really need. I don't feel like the whole team is that terrible. Um, obviously, the offensive line is a major what issue. Line, what linemen would start for other teams? Justin Pugh. He's a good guard. He, he's not good. He's uh, although he's got like he's, major health issues too. He's so. very average, and he is, uh, and he's got injury situations. I just, I, I don't. When the offense, so there's one offensive line that's hands down worse than the Giants, and that's Seattle's. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, I, I just. I, I disagree. I don't know how you – they are they are so many players just on the offensive line. Well, yeah. They're I mean, probably four out of – they're 80% of their offensive line needs to be replaced. They're I, not yeah. NFL starters. You know you know what Justin Pugh would be? An excellent backup because he is a smart kid and he knows how to play almost every position on the line. Oh, he'd be a great number six lineman. It, because then he's one of those guys that can come in. The Giants, I think I've talked about this year, they, they had it with um, Kevin Booth when they were good and Booth would come into the game and then they could reshuffle because he could, he was their sixth lineman and he could play like three different positions. You could play every position on the line. So whoever was injured or came out, he could come in and they could shuffle and they had David deal who could do that too. So the giants right now, their best lineman would be a great sixth lineman on a team that that's really, really the, the center's okay, but that's really bad. <coughs> so, so here's my question now. A complete rebuild. How could that happen if players are still on contract? Um, well, NFL, you can. I mean, you can. You can trade. Cut, yeah, you can. Well, you can trade. You can cut players pretty much any time. <laughs> yeah, it's, you can cut players. And the, what it boils you down. You resign this. You lose that. Like the the salary issues would get washed out. What it boils down to is: do, do you do you just cut players and let them walk and sign elsewhere, or? Uh, do you want to try and get something for them in trades? It, it's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Your, your your question's a good one because it's complicated. But but your initial one about the is it a total rebuild up to and including Manning? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So th- they have one position where everybody would say everybody in August, other than me, was raving about how great they were going to be at receiver. That a doesn't win games because when they were all playing, they were zero and four. Um, it's not like 
it's not like losing Beckham was the difference in them being a playoff team mm-hmm. or not. They were 0-4 with him, yeah, I know. Um, and a terrible errant Eli Manning pass <laughs> ruined his season. <laughs> so um, they weren't. They were going nowhere fast with him. Uh, Engram, the tight end, who's more of a receiver, is a good player. Shepard's a good player. So they don't need to rebuild uh, receivers. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but I think they. I think on offense, they they should just entirely focus on the offensive line. I I agree. The I, like I I have no problem. Like the running backs all seem average, but. Again, like you said, the best guy blocking for them is probably number six on any other but team. But the reason they're in rebuild mode is what offensive line gets built overnight or in one off season. That doesn't happen. You have to draft these guys, sign them, extend them. Drafting offensive line is so important. It's a team within a team. They must play together and get reps together. How are the Giants going to fix that in an, in a summer? Well, that that's why, and I've said this to you before. That's why I don't think they should get rid of Eli Manning. I don't want to bring in, for for their sake, I think them bringing in a new QB, like a rookie, top pick, with a terrible offensive line in front of him, it, it could jeopardize his whole career. It's happened to guys before who have gone in and they've had horrible pe- like players in front of them. Yeah. I mean, that. I think David Carr is the example I always go to. He should have been amazing, but he went to an expansion amazing? team. Amazing? He was the number one overall pick. He, he went up. He was a very good quarterback. He should have had at least a career where he was able to find a job as a starter. Okay. He should have had an Alex Smith, Vinny Testaverde-like career. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so maybe not amazing, but good enough where you can start for 10 years in the league. Okay. Yeah. Whereas he didn't have that, and a lot of it was because you would watch that, him. Those, and he would, that, that horrible expansion couple years in Houston. Yeah, and like he would he would drop back to pass, and you would see him just like crumble and fall to the ground. So I, I, think, agree, I agree with everything you're saying, but here's my wish list. I want the giant. I'm not as I'm not one of these nostalgia Giants fans, which it's so weird to me that they just keep talking about 2007 because it was so long ago and yeah. has no bearing on right now. Um, I would like Eli to stay and retire as a Giant. I would just like um, them to draft <laughs> Rosen from UCLA and have him be Eli Manning's backup next that, year. That'd be perfect. Like Aaron, people forget, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years in Green yeah. Bay. Yeah. The the Chiefs first pick this year that they traded up yeah, to take yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the Chiefs have done it this year. Yeah. So, I I agree with that. I think that's a great move, but you don't put the rookie in behind that offensive line. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You're right. I agree. That's why you keep the, you, you almost keep Eli Manning okay. to protect the your hard investment. Part, the hard part is going to be if they do that, which I would love. The hard part is going to be when the Giants stink next year and they'll be bad again. Um, when to make that decision to put the rookie well, in. Because everybody's going to be saying, you drafted this kid mm-hmm. number two overall, mm-hmm. and Manning is terrible. Why? And Manning's, Manning has not been good since 2012. Mm-hmm. Let's, like, and if you don't believe me, it's really easy. Use Google. Look up his stats. They're, by every, by, by every meaningful measure, he's just not been okay. very good. And if, and if you don't watch every Giants game... You don't see these errant throws and bad decisions. It's just they're not good. Um, but I just wonder when the Giants are two and eight or three and seven, um, how and many fans are gonna? Yeah, everybody's gonna be clamoring say, yeah. to put in, in. So that's the problem: is will the will will everyone be patient enough under that scenario? I think you and I like that roadmap, but will people be patient with it? So I have this theory. Okay, and this is why no matter what next year, if you're the Giants, even if you stink, you leave Eli in all year. 
because like 20 years ago, something happened that has screwed up everybody's view of football. Okay. John Madden football, the video game, started using having this like franchise mode where okay. if you put a guy in the game, it means he automatically gets better. Okay. And that's not real. The real way that get guys get better and quarterbacks get better is reps at practice and like video. Just putting someone in the game does not guarantee them getting better or the team getting better. Agreed. So when you're clamoring for like this exciting rookie to come in, no, you want that rookie to sit and learn and yeah, play the game right. Yeah. Because putting him in doesn't guarantee anything. Plus they're gonna have a new head coach. They're gonna have a new head coach and again do you want to put him in there with this horrible offensive line blocking for him? And or, or if not horrible, it should be new, as in new players. Young, it should be young. It should be new. They, they should be drafting linemen. They should be doing their best to try and get some in free agency. And this is why Jerry Reese. I don't want anybody to lose their job, but this is why Jerry Reese didn't. Number one reason that he did not deserve to be the GM of the New York Giants anymore. He told us in July, he defended not doing anything with the line. He said, oh, they're going to be. And to your point about uh, just putting them in, that was what Jerry Reese tried to say about the Giants offensive line. He's like, well, you know, they all played together last year, so now another year. And I, I 50% agree with him. If they were promising young players making mistakes, the way the Giants line that eventually won two Super Bowls looked in, say, 2003, 2004, then that would be okay. They're bad players, and he just didn't want to admit that he had botched the draft. Mm-hmm. So so rather than – and that's what makes me mad because I think Giants fans, although lately they annoy me, but I think Giants fans are generally pretty smart. And I think they would have said, just admit that you made a mistake yeah. with the draft picks for Pew and um, Flowers especially and go sign some free agents and, and cut yeah. Flowers. <laughs> I, I always tell my students it's better to be honest that you made a mistake in the beginning rather than lie. Um, to me so yeah. Sam yeah I um, I let you guys do quite okay. a few minutes on yeah, the Giants you thank you you're welcome <laughs> but remember my December rule we only talk about relevant teams this time of year okay it's a good rule okay well I, I I'm sorry one last one last on thing this. go ahead okay. I like Eli starting next year because um, the Giants number one receiver is such a diva that I don't like having a rookie deal with that as well I think Eli will be better about no, I'm not throwing you the ball right. every single play. I agree with that. Although he does. Well, I mean, Beckham's in there. I mean, that's. I mean, but like if Eli doesn't throw to Beckham, I think it'll be go go over better than rookie yeah, not okay. throwing to Beckham. That's a that's another really good point. All right. So, um, what's next for us is a very important question from the NFC West. Uh, Todd Gurley helped a lot of people out there win their fantasy football playoff games yesterday. True. Um, but more importantly, the Rams looked unstoppable in Seattle. The Rams now have wins over the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Saints, and the Seahawks, and that's a pretty good resume. Um, but they've lost to the two best teams in the conference, the Eagles and the Vikings. So that means the Rams will most likely win the West and will get to play at home in the wild card round. But can they go on the road to Philly or Minneapolis? Can you say that word for me? Minneapolis? Minneapolis? It's, you can just say Twin Cities if you Twin don't like cities. pronouncing Minneapolis. Um, in the divisional round. Kim, um, and when? Kim doesn't. Kim, Min- Kim Minneapolis. Doesn't, Kim apparently doesn't leave uh, mm-hmm. the Northeast very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, what do you think? Can the Rams win a road playoff game? I, 
I'm going to say yes. I think the quarterback change in Philly helps their odds. And the Vikings are really good, but there's also a level of, like, why are the Vikings so good? Because they have Case Keenum in. They lost Delvin Cook. Uh, and th- they're making it work. The defense is amazing. The defense is amazing. But I feel, again, if you um, are the Vikings, you, you just don't have that, like, super impressive-looking roster. Whereas, like you said, Todd Gurley blew up. There's just those guys who I feel like on the Rams, they're a bit more explosive. I do feel like Case Keenum may really want to prove he can beat the Rams because, you know, they let him go last year and whatnot. But um, The Rams are certainly the best young team in football, um, and they're only going to get better because I read today that they have something like $50 million in cap space to spend this offseason. So um, they're in good shape. Can they go on the road and win, though? Um, they they played the Vikings at Minnesota. That's Minneapolis, Kim. Min- Minneapolis. Um, they played in Minneapolis earlier this year. Vikings won 24-7. to um, But what people forget is that game was 7-7 to early in the fourth quarter. It was a tough game. Um, the Vikings just eventually made a couple of plays, got some turnovers late, and the score looks um, more lopsided than it was. So uh, I think they can. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've been doubting them all year, and they keep proving me wrong. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it again. What, what about the uh, idea of a West Coast teeth? West Coast team going east to play the against Philly, or just a warm city team having yeah, to play so, against too cold? So I think there's. I. So it depends on. So there's the time zone thing. Is I think part of your question and. I think it's unlikely to impact them because if LA is playing Philly, that's going to be a huge game ratings wise. And I think that they would play that like oh, in a late. Fox 430 time slot. Okay. So it'd be their normal kickoff time. Good point. If they play Minnesota, then that's central time. So it's only a two hour difference. So, because Minnesota LA is not as, you know, ratings wise as good of a matchup. So that might be an early game, but it's only a two hour um, time difference. I don't know. I, yeah, that, that that's why you want to be at home because all these things mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the Rams are going to be the most fun NFC team to watch in the playoffs. They're, yeah. they're the one I'm the most interested yeah, in. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're. I think you've got a lot of people rooting for them because they're the underdogs in the NFC. They're kind of underdogs, and they're young, and they're fun, and yeah, they're more fun. They're more when they're playing well. They're a lot more fun to watch than Minnesota because Minnesota just wins by pummeling you to death and good defense and not making mistakes on offense. Whereas the Rams are a much more wide open offense. Um, they do so much so well. Um, you know, a good looking young fun team. Yeah. We all want to root for them, but it's what's in the inside. Wait, they're good looking. That counts. Well, good looking defense. Oh, right. Okay. Well, the, I, the, the Ram, actually the Rams uh, defense is, I think, pretty darn good and underrated because the offense gets all the headlines so yeah they do so it's what's in the inside that counts though okay thanks kim that's so a nice message before we move on middle lineman okay nose tackles inside <laughs> before we move on from la seattle game yesterday um that was an awful showing from the seahawks yes. and i'd say probably the worst game we've seen from them ever 
at least from this version of the Seahawks. I mean, I can't remember them losing like they did yesterday. Sam, is this the end of the um, legend of... A Legion of Boom? Yeah. Um, It sure looks like it. Um, Seattle's old, so they're very... uh, the, we just we just talked about the Rams being young. Um, the Seahawks are old. Um, they I talked about the Rams cap space number. Seattle doesn't have anything like that because all of their old players are owed so much money. Earlier we were talking about can you trade? Do you cut players? Seattle will have a lot of decisions to make in the off season. Um, we also talked about how they have the only line that makes the Giants line look good. Like Russell Wilson can watch Giants games and be like, oh, I wish I had that offensive. <laughs> Eli gets two seconds every time. Um, they don't have any playmakers on offense not named Wilson. I think that's a problem. So terrible line, worst in the league, and then no weapon. I mean, D- Doug Baldwin is a nice player, but I but he's not a weapon. Uh, Jimmy Graham is um, okay, but they they don't have um, they don't really have playmakers. That part doesn't doesn't bother as me much as the line, I guess, because. Um, I don't know. You guys know how I feel about that. Build your line first. Um, if they fix their line, the backs and receivers would look a lot more productive. And then, probably most important is they have a lot of culture problems. Um, they just and I and I wrote about them more last year than this year, but I wrote about them on the website a lot last year. That um, they their swagger has become an arrogance. Um, they they are the classic flip a switch team. We can just show up when we want because we're the Seahawks and yeah. and they they almost won the title too early because they exploded in Wilson's second. First of all, they were, they were good his first, his rookie year. They were good. They were, they nearly beat Atlanta in the divisional playoff, and then the second year they win that Super Bowl, go back to another one uh, year three of the Russell Wilson years. So they almost had too much success too early, and I think that mentality of we're the Seahawks we win when we want um has uh has festered there too long so and now those players that some of the you know Kim talked about the Legion of Boom so Sherman Cam Chancellor now these guys that that provide the swagger and the leadership and most importantly the talent on the field they can't stay on the field so they're they're injured um so they just have a plethora of problems and I think Kim is right to say that yesterday was the worst game we've seen from them in the in the Pete Carroll Wilson Legion of Boom yeah I I agree uh I think what's often overlooked anytime any team has good runs in the playoffs or you know gets to championship any in any sport is how many things have to work out for those teams as far as injuries backup stepping up just little things that you don't think about. You're like, oh, Russell Wilson's amazing. That's why this team always wins. Or this defense is so good. But they stayed healthy in the past, and now yeah. like, they're not doing that as well, and you're seeing what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a big thing. Um, I think there's that mindset. They're like, oh, there's always next year. But there, you can never play for next year in professional sports because anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the windows close so fast. L- look at Aaron Rodgers going out for half a year this year. Like, you could lose the most key player you have mm-hmm. and be terrible. Very we true. were we were talking about it yesterday um, at the football party that uh, you know Green Bay with Rodgers is four and one. They had already beaten Seattle and Dallas. They are clear NFC favorites. Green Bay without Rodgers is a is a 
is a team that can beat bad teams but has no chance against good teams. So your so your point's a good one, and Seattle is experiencing that now with a litany of injuries. So, Jeremy, I'm interested to hear what you think about this I because I, I took some Seahawks notes um, before the show. Um, not that different than the Giants. I mean, they're not in trouble like the Giants, but there's some trouble, and they're – I mean, again, not total rebuild, but there needs to be some changes to the roster. And I wonder, can Pete Carroll oversee this? Because he came into Seattle and built an awesome roster, and um, Schneider, the GM, is really good. So tons of credit to them. But a lot of things, you, you just mentioned it, how they stayed healthy. A lot of things fell into place in the building of that team as far as like mid to late round draft choices yes. becoming superstars. They won the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson on a rookie contract, which meant they were paying a lot of other players yeah. really well. Um, now, with the challenges they face, do you think Pete Carroll, who when the going got tough at USC, kind of bolted <laughs> in a hurry, do you think that Pete Carroll can build, and Schneider, the GM, can build the roster a second time and have this team back in the playoffs in 2018? Because what we saw yesterday, that's not going to the playoffs this year. Well, I mean, the, where Pete Carroll's lucky is compared to when he's at USC, like he's not going to get in trouble for paying his players anymore. That's a good point. <laughs> so like, he, <laughs> He's allowed to do that in the NFL. Um, you know, in all honesty, the Seahawks are probably a really good team to make a move like selling high on one of those big names on defense. Tra hmm. Trade them away. Unload that money, get like, you know, send to a team like the Bills, who's going to give you like a second and a fourth for, for like Richard Sherman. For Richard Sherman. And you're going to have no idea what his health status is. Yeah. And, you know, like, don't get me wrong. The Sherman's, Bills won't even make him pass the physical. Yeah. Sherman, Sherman's great and he's still good. But he, like, he, at this point in his career, he's probably not going to get better. That is interesting. Um, and that's a good, I, th I think that's a good way. And that's a good way to be like, and I'm in charge. And it's going to shake up that whole, like, there needs to be some um, authority. Yeah, and they're, I think getting rid of one guy and getting a lot in return and unloading that salary is actually a, a decent way to do that. And it's a way to avoid being like the Giants and being in a situation where you need to do everything right away. Now you have two more good draft picks. That's really good. And they're fortunate to have the quarterback because it kind of reminds me, uh, it, it has the potential to be similar to New England, who had the awesome run of Super Bowls so early in Brady's career, and then they, they've just they've been through a couple iterations in the Belichick Brady years of diff totally different teams yeah, built around yeah different rosters built around Brady. So Seattle's in a Wilson's young. This yeah. is his sixth year. He's young. Well, there's, so a, there's also a level of, like, don't get me wrong, those guys and their, their defense are awesome, but how many individual games is that, like, one cornerback, that one linebacker, that one safety win you? Yeah. When you a, still have, like, the other pieces there to get yeah. losing one. Because really yeah, lo it's not losing Russell Wilson, who's the most important player on that team. They – and the linebackers, if they can get healthy, still have good years left. Um I think I, I like your idea of in the secondary, <laughs> some of these older players can can they turn that into into other building blocks for the future? That's you, a really good. You can totally sell that high. A team like the some, Browns some, will jump on. Someone it. will jump on Sherman and Cam Chancellor. Yeah, you like that word too, not just me. Potential. 
I, not as much as you, but I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sam, um, with Seattle's struggles, it's a good thing that Jacksonville has come on so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're boycotting the Giants, and the Seahawks were sort of your backup. But now it looks like the Jaguars are your new team. I mean, you even broke out your Jaguars shirt for the football Christmas party yesterday. I, I did. Uh, Seattle and Jacksonville played a couple weeks ago, and I guess I made up my mind then that I'd just go uh, with the winner that day. So Seattle's out, Jacksonville's in. Okay, well, I think you need to stop with having multiple backup favorite teams. One team from the other conference would be okay, but with you, it's hard to keep up now. I mean, okay. you like Seattle, you like Jacksonville, you like New England, mm-hmm. you're a closet Cowboys fan, which is disgusting. I mean, Jeremy, is this okay for Sam to have such weak team allegiances? I have no issues with that. Um, I, I really don't. I am one of those people who... Just, just cheer and enjoy it. Like, if your team is terrible, I yeah, I have I have no issues dealing with it. I mean, I my closet team is the Giants. Really? Mm. They were really good. Just because of your childhood? Yeah, I grew up like in a Giants family. Yeah. Um, okay. But are your brothers still Giants fans? Yeah. Okay. Very much so. Um, okay. but like the Giants were really good in their run mm-hmm. for like their their playoff runs. In the Herm Edwards rebuild, Todd Haley make our team run laps if they don't listen to me. Era. Oh, I like that one. So, um, yeah, I, I have no issues saying I'm going to cheer for somebody else when my team is bad. You're still going to watch your team or pay very yeah. close attention okay. to your team. The, and and I I I I agree with that totally, as Kim knows. And it's really the more the older I get. Like, Kim doesn't realize how good she has it because Kim, because in case Jeremy doesn't know, Kimberly Ann Maley becomes a Green Bay fan in the mid-90s because her friend at school had, like, the starter pullover um, yeah. Green Bay jacket. So yeah. then That's she a cool wanted, friend. In fourth so, grade. That's yeah. a cool so friend. she wanted one, gets one for Christmas, and yeah. her sister, like, Dallas, and yeah. Green Bay and Dallas were always playing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So in Kimberly Ann Maley's 25 years of being a football fan, pretty good time to yeah be a i haven't had much fan. letdowns but you know what um growing up as a kid not having many letdowns i mean as an adult i mean you just oh so you, if you're that's that's why that you have you're better you're emotionally prepared i for, I, I feel like that yeah for certain things yeah i mean i haven't okay. really been on a roller coaster like that with nfl team you know so i get yeah. that i mean as a, as a off-topic new york yankee fan you know they were dominant my yeah. high school year yeah. really good again and but now but there was a, a period in there where they were like spending a ton of money to get like a wild card and then lose right away yeah when they would do like the bobby abreu tri- like yeah like just, certain guys they would add to the lineup every yeah. just every year no matter this, what this guy's yeah. 37 he needs a lot of money <laughs> yeah so jeremy can relate like failure isn't an option or like the the t- you well, know. not with the Chiefs. The failure is always an option <laughs> with the Chiefs. I, I just the, the other thing I root for is interesting. So all those, with probably the exception of Jacksonville, but my Jacksonville allegiance in my defense actually goes back to the 90s when the Giants were terrible. Um, I never thought the Giants of the mid-90s, I thought that was the worst it would ever be for the Giants. They're actually worse now. They go to the playoffs yeah. less. They're actually, they're actually way worse now. Um, but at the time... Uh, and Jaguars had like Mark Brunel and Jimmy Smith yeah. and Keenan McCardell. And you know how like when you're who's like, the running back who got hurt every year? Fred Taylor. Fred. Yeah. Fred. yeah but, so there were, but he had a solid stretch. Oh, yeah. He was, he was a great player. Um, so the Giants were so bad. So like Kim said, one of my rules is it's OK to kind of have another team in the other conference that's not a rival at all. Mm-hmm. And they were new. They were an expansion team. So and they were good right away. So. 
I so I bandwagoned that just because the Giants there was I mean they were going nowhere like 94 95 96 um so I kind of bandwagoned on to Jacksonville and they've always I've always just had a soft spot for them the others like Seattle and New England and you know I want to see Green Bay and Dallas do well just because I want the interesting relevant teams in the playoffs mm-hmm. it just makes it way it's more fair. fun to watch. that's fair to say so um very interesting let's get back on track okay. because we still need to talk about the NFC wildcard race and then we also have to do our holiday segment. We're doing a holiday special? Yes, wow. but only if we have time. Okay. So let's Ooh. talk about NFC wildcard teams. Okay. Um, the Eagles and the Vikings have won their divisions. The Rams look good in the West. But for the NFC South, it um, gets really interesting. We have Carolina and New Orleans. They are both 10-4. and four. If Atlanta wins tonight, which um, we are hoping they don't, but they should. They should, though. Um, then the Falcons would only be a game back. Um, so let's kind of sort this thing out. You guys tell me who wins this division. And when it's all said and done, Jeremy, you're up. I, I think the Saints will probably win the South. They have two really good running backs. and yeah. they're able When you're able to control an NFL game by running the ball, and then your backup option is to have Drew Brees throw the ball to incredibly athletic receivers. Still, they never have an amazing defense, but they're going to be able to compete with anyone, get get the points to keep them in every game and control the ball enough. So I think it's their division to lose at this point. I think I generally agree with that. I like Carolina's defense better. Um, I, I think Carolina's defense at its best can be really, really good. Now, the Saints swept Carolina this year, so Carolina, even though I like them, um, they're not going to win the division because of that sweep. If those two end up tied like they are right now, New Orleans is going to have that tiebreaker. And Atlanta's been too inconsistent. So I'm going to agree with Jeremy here that the Saints ultimately win that that one. Um, The winner of this division, I mean, they will most likely be a number three or four seed. So they'll get a home game in the wild card, but they'll have to go on the road in the divisional round. Which of these teams travels best? Sam, do you think one of these teams is a clear advantage um, if they have to go play in Philly in January? Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I agree with Jeremy that the Saints are going to win it, but I like Carolina's chances the best um, if they had to go play in Philly. Because, again, defense travels well. Same thing yeah. that I was saying about Jacksonville earlier. So I think Carolina, more so than those two dome teams, Carolina's got the best defense, and I just think they would fare better. I don't think they fear going and playing in Philly. I think the Saints <laughs> walk. If it's a – Philly's weird. Kim, you live there. It could be a blizzard, oh, yeah. and it could be a nice 50-degree yeah. day in January. It, it's just like Syracuse, just uh, farther south. Yeah, you know? so it so – um, so I, I think I like Carolina the best on the road out of those teams. I think Atlanta and New Orleans really rely heavily on home field advantage. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. So, Jeremy, um, you agree with Sam's Carolina pick on which team is best equipped to win on the road? Yeah, as far as the NFC now, South Minnesota, teams. Minnesota is different because it's a dome, so weather is taken out of the It's not a dome equation. anymore. Minnesota? Did, don't they have a new stadium? Didn't they build an outdoor stadium for Minnesota? No, they played outdoors at the Gopher Stadium while the new one was being built. Oh, I'm sorry. Gopher I'm thinking, Stadium. I'm thinking the Twins. Oh, okay. And their new stadium was Mi- an outdoor Minneapolis? stadium. Minneapolis? Kim. 
Minneapolis. Minneapolis. It's a major U.S. city. No, you, you should you should add more syllables. <laughs> or just say if you if you really if you really struggle pronouncing it, you can just say Twin Cities. Twin Cities. Do you know that's why the baseball team is the Twins, because it's the Twin Cities. You can okay. just say Minnesota. Um, you can just say Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so that that's a little different scenario because of them playing indoors anyway. But Vikings in their dome historically is a good home field advantage. Um, and the Vikings are an NFC North team. They can deal with weather conditions. Oh, yeah. If, if the Vikings are going to Philly in, for, like, an NFC title game, yeah, they will be fine. <clears throat> yeah, I have yeah, no that, issue. I don't. And, again, good defense. defense travel wells. Yep. So well. all of those NFC South teams will be hanging around the playoff scene for at least two more weeks. Um, they all finish up with each other over the last two weeks of the regular season. So keep in mind, next week, for example, Atlanta has to play New or- at New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and week 17 has Carolina playing at Atlanta. That last one could be a play-in game. So keep an eye on the NFC South. That's probably the best division race to finish up the season. I mean, Sam, any chance that the division gets all three of its top teams into the playoffs? Uh, it's hard to say. It's so it's really rare post two thousand two with the realignment into four divisions for because it used to have. It seems like it. I remember in the nineties with the NFC Central, it would. There was one year they even got four teams. In. Yeah, well, um, four teams in the same division is a lot. But it, but three not from many. But when there were only many. three in the conference, it was easier to get three from a division into the playoffs because. Um, there's one less automatic division winner, obviously. So now, post realignment, it's really tough. Um, th- that means the division obviously has to get both wild cards. So we have to really keep an eye on Dallas getting Zeke back next week. They're playing pretty well. They get him back, and Seattle seems to have quit on their season. So, <laughs> you know, which Seattle team shows up for that game is huge next week. If Dallas can win that game, then go to Philly week 17, and maybe Philly has the top spot wrapped up in the conference, and Dallas gets to 10 and 6, best case scenario. But Atlanta, but I, I did some research on this today. Atlanta would have a head-to-head tiebreaker there, so that comes into play too. Also, Lions took care of business on Saturday night. That was a terribly boring game against the Bears, but the Lions at least won, so they're eight and six too. And they have a manageable, extremely manageable schedule with the Bengals coming up, plus Green Bay, who maybe isn't playing Rodgers. So we'll see how that goes. But what hurts the Lions is this is interesting. They have head-to-head losses to Atlanta, Carolina. And New Orleans. All three of those NFC South teams have beaten Detroit. So that, I think, will come back to haunt them, even if they get to 10-6. and six. Um, It sounds like they're just begging to lose a tiebreaker there under that scenario. So to answer your question, Kim, uh, yeah, I want to hear what Jeremy has to say. But I think based on everything that's happened, certainly Green Bay losing yesterday um, plays into this, I think there's a really good chance the NFC South sends all three teams to the playoffs. I think them having games against each other at the end of the year here is going to throw that off a little bit. I didn't realize the that all three had a tiebreaker over Detroit, and that obviously helps it a lot. But if two of them are playing each other and Atlanta loses, I mean, they're but out. Atlanta, but Atlanta also has a tiebreaker over Dallas. Atlanta who, Dallas who would have the tiebreaker over Detroit or Dallas, do you know? Well, Atlanta beat both. Yeah, but if they both win and Atlanta loses... If they wait, if Detroit and Dallas are tied, you're saying yeah, I'm saying if, if Detroit and Dallas both have a better record than Atlanta, 
I don't think Detroit and Dallas played this year, so it would come down to division off, record. No, I think conference because they're different divisions, so they would have to go NFC conference yeah, record. Okay. Whatever the, you know, whatever the. God, I hope it's not the Lions. If it's the Lions, they just don't belong in the playoffs. It's just they're so boring, and their games are not fun to watch. And I really we should just do the popular vote. Like, do you want the Lions <laughs> to be in it or the Packers? Like, popular vote oh. should win. Oh, I, not Rogers, electoral Rogers college. Would, Rogers would crush that vote <laughs> if, there was, if there was a vote on Green Bay or Detroit going to the playoffs. Um, but back to your question, I I just I think it's it's possible. So here's the thing with them all playing each other though is that means one of them is also winning. So True. if Atlanta wins tonight, then they're then they're nine and five, mm-hmm. um, and then let's say they they split with Carolina and New Orleans these next two weeks, and get up to uh, you know finish the season at ten and six. That's the best Detroit and Dallas can do, and Atlanta has the the tiebreaker over uh, Dallas and Detroit both. So yeah, I, I think they have a good definite shot then. So it's, it, right. I mean, it's a real, it's a, it's a real possibility. So definitely stay tuned. We're going to have plenty of games over the next two weeks that are going to be essentially playoff games. I mean, just taking place in the regular season. So we normally close the show by taking an early look at the Vegas spreads and giving our initial thoughts on the upcoming games. But we're doing something a little different this week. Okay. We are making picks, but the holidays are coming up, so I'm going to let you guys make some picks and give advice. Hmm. Sam, it's sort of a chance for you to redeem yourself since your NFL picks on the website have been slumping these past few weeks. I was having a really good season, but these past few weeks, I'm, I'm not as good. I need to do better. Well, and now you get your chance. So the holidays are fast approaching. The holidays are the holidays fun. holidays are here. Yeah. It's December 18th. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, holidays and someone special's birthday is this week isn't that right mm, maybe yes depending know. on who you ask yeah. <laughs> you have a birthday coming up sam it is tomorrow is oh, that correct okay. uh, yeah i guess well i mean the holidays are definitely a fun time but they can also be challenging for football fans i mean the college football bowl games started up on saturday so that means between last saturday and new year's day there's either college football or nfl games every day Every day. Every day. Okay. That's what makes it the most wonderful time of the year for you, Sam. Yep. Agreed. (laughs) But Sam, like everyone listening, um, you do have family obligations. Um, So walk us through this. How do you multitask and watch all these football games but not ignore your family in the process? So this is definitely a first world, and Jeremy knows this is definitely, because he had kids before me, this is definitely a first world dad problem. Um, but luckily, there's a lot of things you can do to mm-hmm. remedy the situation. So um, I'm going to give you guys some tips. Number one, um, if you are, uh, if you live near your family, or even if you know if, if you're all nearby, or even if there's a little bit of regional travel involved, one of the things you can do, and I know this sounds like extra work, but I highly recommend hosting family Christmas parties. That way, you're in control of the TV. It's your house, and guess what? At my house, we have football on yeah. uh, Christmas Day. There's actually good NBA games, too. I like keeping an eye on those. So um, Jeremy was just, before we went on, was telling me how the NBA really starts Christmas Day, which I totally agree with. Um, so whether it's um, NFL, NBA, college bowl games, 
if it's at your house, that's just, you know, that's your thing. That's your tradition is, you know, we are a sports family and we watch sports and you just kind of set the tone. Okay. Whereas if you go to like an in-laws or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you're rude if you ask. To you're, like you're rude because then amount. you're in position yeah. to have to ask. And here's now most people that are listening to this show are obviously um, big football fans. But if you're like a so-so fan, like Kimberly Ann Maley's fan base that listens to this show kind of listens more for her than just football. So what those people can do that I would say is just, you know what, like if there's guys coming over, you know they want to watch the or game. Girls. Or girls. Or girls. Yeah. Sorry, I stand corrected. So whoever's coming over, just put the game on. You yeah. can turn the volume down, but at least put it on so that people don't have to be in the uncomfortable situation of asking. Yeah. And um, you don't, you know, you don't have to have it on like when you're in the dining room having like Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, just have the games on. It's it's the holidays. It's kind of festive. It it fits in perfect. So that's one thing you can do is um, volunteer to host. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> there are other things too. Because uh, that's not an option. <laughs> oh, okay. So if you're if you're not hosting, then uh, you what I would recommend is um now i'm really fortunate because i married into a family where married into a great family i married into an excellent family and uh they like sports and generally sports are on tv so and and my family that's how i grew up both my mom's and dad's side like especially with football we're always watching so um but what you can do if you're going somewhere let's say um let's say you're newlywed let's say you're just dating um and you're going home with someone what you do in that case is you say to your significant other, um, okay, this game is on and it's really huge. So when we get there, that would be rude of me to ask. Mm-hmm. So can you make sure that um, someone puts the game on or is there a TV somewhere where we can you know, be going back and forth from room to room and keep an eye on the game? And your significant other, if you are going to their family's house, they should be accommodating and and look out for you because you're the one that's kind of sacrificing time. You're maybe away from your own family. You're going to your significant other's family. So the the burden should be on he or she to ask. And they should oblige because you're giving up, you know, you're you're, you're kind of giving up the holiday to go do their thing. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's another way to go about that. Um, and then <coughs> if all of that fails, this is kind of last chance just last resort um then you just have to take out your phone and not be like obnoxious screaming at your phone paying attention to the game but let it somehow be known what you're doing Mm -hmm. and then hopefully the host says oh is there is there a game on should we you know sometimes people aren't being mean and not letting you watch the game Mm -hmm. they just as weird as this sounds some people don't like football as much as us so um they might just not know Right. They might not be a top priority. There's kids running around, whatever. That's that is usually your biggest challenge mm-hmm. is kids as soon as the TV goes on, kids didn't care at all. They were playing with toys, they were playing with each other, they're chasing the dog, they're doing whatever kids do. The minute the TV goes on, then in their mind, oh, can we watch um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever stupid stuff kids watch. Mm-hmm. So that a lot of the time is the is the bigger issue. Um, so let me offer a suggestion for that. Um, because I saw a couple of these yesterday at the Christmas party. Bring your kid's iPad yeah. or oh, yeah. whatever device they have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. that that works really well. And um, 
and just know your if you're hosting know your wi-fi password <laughs> so that when they ask you can just give it to them right away and then they can't possibly ask for the tv because they're connected on whatever device they've got give them your phone your ipad you know whatever so great suggestions there so, um those are good insights yeah, let's say you've got it all figured out. The family's happy. You're happy because you've got the games on. Everyone's happy. A merry, jolly time. <laughs> it's snowing outside. And you are setting in to watch, um, settling in to watch um, a good game. I mean, where's your favorite holiday? What's your favorite holiday time drink to oh. have? Don't say Miller Lite. Um, give me something good. What's a great holiday drink? Jeremy, you can go first. Um, I always appreciate a you know the holiday or Christmas beers. Those yeah. are always pretty good. You know, like the the warm spices mm-hmm. in them. Um, I would never say no to just a glass of scotch, or you know, this time of the year when it's cold, sometimes those heavier porter stout type beers can be delicious as well. Those would probably be my go-to's. Um, and you know you can never go wrong with some hops either either so agree with the porters definitely that was going to be my first choice um there's that one that you and i have talked about i believe it's the lining kugel vanilla snowdrift porter um that one is really good now there's a winston churchill like oatmeal coffee stout that's like a nitro that sounds delicious it's amazing that sounds really good and it goes down smooth oh that i'm gonna have to try that one um yeah, so porters are great. Uh, there is a, if you like IPAs, I really like the Sierra Nevada Celebration IPA that comes out this time of year. Um, like you said, it's, it's, it's clearly like a, a seasonal one. So those are good. And then um, now I do like Miller Lite as a binge drinking beer, but I agree with Kim. Um, you can do a lot better with porters or, or IPAs this time of year. Um, and Jeremy's right. You never pass up a good glass of scotch or bourbon. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm personally, I don't uh, love Jameson, but it's also an excellent time of year for Irish coffee. Well, this yeah. this may also be the best time of the year for like beer sampler packs. Yes, mm. the one you can get like the four different beers in there. Yeah, because like a lot of times in the summer, it's like here's this weird like lemonade beer mm-hmm. or like yeah the, in the, in the fall they're like stuff. yeah I don't like, like here, here's like five bottles of nutmeg. So yeah. like you get like your like this time of year, you get like the porter, you get like an IPA in there, you yeah. get a Christmas beer in there. So pretty much everything I said you should try. I'm visualizing like the Wegmans craft six pack right now. So you can yeah, pick, that's, pick it, it yeah, out. If, you're, if your grocery store lets you do that, it's it's good for that too. If you can make your, you can go through and kind of pick out your own. Mm-hmm. It's a good time of year for that. Definitely. Um, My favorite holiday drink besides a dry glass of white wine with dinner would be, um, cause it's kind of light, lighter than a red. Um, would be some rum chata with dessert with an oh, ice cube in it. So that's a ooh that's rum chata. A, you're good at um, you're good at the ice drinks. Yeah, you always whether it's like drinking, drinking, or just because Kim Maley got me hooked on iced coffee last summer. It's really good. Um, so sticking with the food and drink area, you guys both do your fair share of cooking. So I've heard. So what are your recommendations if you're cooking a big um, family meal at a gathering? Sam, you can go here first. Okay, so um, like I said earlier, hosting is actually a lot of fun, and you can control the TV. Um, And Claire and I actually host uh, on my mom's side my family party every year. And what I go with um, 
for a large like when you're w- when you're gonna feed maybe up to like 20 people uh i just think no matter what time of year it is but as- but in the winter time it's especially good that you cannot go wrong with italian mm-hmm. um since my grandmother on that side is italian i just i grew up with you know my mom being half italian and cooking italian all the time mm-hmm. learned from her uh, I think you cannot possibly go wrong with what I like to do is if you go Italian, you can maybe like make up your own marinara, but put the meatballs in a separate uh, crock pot. Mm-hmm. So what I do is kind of like a vegan marinara with lots of veggies. And then if people want to add meatballs to that, they can. And then I'll do like a white sauce, like an Alfred, an Alfredo, and then do chicken or shrimp to go with that separate. So again, people can kind of mix and match. I love to do stuffed shells. That is a really popular um, appetizer type of thing to go along with the dinner. And then you just fill in with salad, bread, all the mm-hmm. all the kind of things that, that go well. But I think for cooking in volume for a big family gathering, I think you can't go wrong with Italian. Yeah. It's my top choice. Italians know how to do it. I've always um, gone to the simple chili. Mm. Oh, chili yeah. Is an easy one. And the nice thing with chili is... Uh, you can obviously make a crazy chili if you want to. Do you ever to. do the white one? All the time. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I I do all sorts of things. I do chicken, white chilies. I will not use any tomatoes, and I will do it with oh. butternut squash or ground-up pumpkin. Oh, wow. Yeah, just to mix things up. Um, but the advantage you have with chili is you can make a very simple one, a real lot of it, very cheap and very easily. Yeah. And then, like... But what makes it cool is you can have all sorts of toppings for chili, and that gets people really excited. You can have cheese, you can have sour cream, you can have cilantro. There's all sorts of things you can buy to go along with chili that make people feel like, ooh, this is better than it really is. Yeah, that's like yeah. break it. You can break up like tortilla chips, and, yeah. you know, and sure. There's all sorts of things that people like to put in their chili. That's a that's a good one too, and you can mix and match a lot of good beers with chili this time of year, which we've talked about how important that is. Um, I really think you can't go wrong with the Italian style. I love how you described it. But um, Kim, you were at the family party. Last I was year. so like yeah, I I could have taken the words right out of your mouth with what you had out. Um, my family loves doing like hot turkey sandwiches. Um, oh yeah, it's definitely easy. You know, you have your mashed potatoes, gravy, the bread, turkey, maybe ham too, and just mashed you potatoes know, goes so up. well with anything. I can I just can't Agreed. I can't eat enough. They're so good. Um, so you guys just tell me what time we eat and I'll definitely be there. Okay. And Sam, hopefully right. you don't mind if I'm um, you know, playing some Christmas music. No. Um, hopefully that doesn't interfere with the football too much. Nope. Okay, so give me the highlights of your playlist. I mean, which songs should we hear the most? Jeremy, do you like the new songs like Sam? Or are you more of a traditionalist for Christmas carols? So I uh, I work in a world where like starting in after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, or like I October thirty first. Yeah, I pretty much hear Christmas yeah. music nonstop where I work because it's the least vulgar thing on the radio. Mm-hmm. I love my Chuck Berry "Run Run Rudolph." It's like my go to oh. Christmas song. It's an older one, but it's a any like Christmas song that's like a toe tapper. Mm-hmm. I get really into, you know, yeah, the, the like the, the Silent Night stuff doesn't really do it for me. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the. I don't like the really slow stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, you're more of a poppy guy. I am. Um, okay, so uh, for the older ones, there's a there's. I don't know if this person had a really good like uh, pop music career or not, but I think it's from like 60s or 70s. Her name's Darlene Love, and she has a couple 
um, the Nobody Ought to Be Alone on Christmas, and um, the one, oh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. I really like those for older ones. Now, of the newer ones, uh, I make sure anytime I make a playlist or CD or something, like for a Christmas party, I make sure to put the Mariah Carey Christmas song on there about three times. Okay, but I would I would almost argue that's no longer a newer one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That song has been around long enough that for like I feel 15 like years it's, like, so, it's right? like standard Christmas rotation yeah, at this standard. point. Okay, yeah, it is standard. Um, all right, so a little newer than that one, uh, the Britney Spears Christmas song, really uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. Um, love that one. And then the best of the the really really brand new is probably uh, the the Kelly Clarkson one. Yeah. The underneath yes. the tree. That one is amazing. Yeah. Um, now. Some not as famous as those, but real. But this person's really famous and has a couple really good ones. There are a couple Taylor Swift Christmas songs that are really, really good. Christmas must Impressive, mean something more. Sam. That one is really good. Yeah, those are, her, she's on the radio a lot for her Christmas songs. Yeah, I hear she, those ones a lot. She's got a couple, um, and they're they're pretty good. Not quite Mariah Carey, Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. The Kelly the Kelly Clarkson one is really it's really catchy, really good. Um, Christina Aguilera has a good Christmas, um, you know, album. It's quite a, quite a few years old now, probably a decade old. Um, but one of my favorite catchy holiday songs is NSYNC's Happy Holidays. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That one is good. Um, so, um, my family, you know, my mom does this big Christmas Eve dinner. She usually has on, um, is it Kenny Rogers jazz Christmas album? <laughs> so, okay. I, I mean, I do like the jazz traditional Christmas songs that, okay. you know, are just instrumental. I like a mix. Yeah, good mix. I, li- I like a mix of all of the above, even the really like traditional stuff. I don't think it's Kenny like Rogers. Him. What the heck is his name? He's a he's a jazz player. Kenny G. Ah, oh, Kenny G. Yeah, they're a little different. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Rogers, the gambler. I don't know if he. <laughs> Kenny Rogers probably did a Christmas album at some point. Probably. But have, haven't they all? I imagine. Like, are there any are there any other Christmas songs you are totally like over or think are overrated? Oh, I'm sure there is, but that's a good question, and I don't have an answer off the top mm. of my head. What about you, Kim? Um, hmm. No, I don't. I, I can't. Do you can't have one? one? I'm not a big Santa baby guy. Oh yeah, no, yeah. The, like high pitched voice thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that one that much either, and. You know, another one that's really popular that I don't love is the Bruce Springsteen. I was I was gonna bring that one up. I don't <laughs> think that's a great. Version. I hear people like talk about how great it is, and I'm just not. I'm just for, for whatever reason that one. Yeah, just doesn't you do better it for watch me. out. Yeah, that one. Yeah, nah. yeah, I don't like that one. Well, we've talked about food, drinks, and um, music now, so this is getting me in the mood for more Christmas parties. Sam, give us some do's and don'ts of throwing good Christmas parties, since you just threw one this past weekend. Okay, so. Um, I am really fortunate because for years when I was single uh, that day that now Claire and I have our friends over for Christmas um, was the fantasy football playoffs party. And with everyone in the league being the same age, getting married, having kids, we just transitioned that day into the Christmas party and we call it the Christmas football party. And it's awesome because we set the tone that we're gonna have the games on, but there's also Christmas music and it's lots of fun. That being said, one of the things that I think you can do is um, if you're if you're throw so there's what well, there's three types of Christmas parties I guess family friends and work I would say those are basically the three ty- the th- the three types there can be some crossover but I think I think what's best is to do them individually 
if, you know, we, we do fam, we host family ones, we host the, the football one every year. I think it's just easier if you're the host, if you have a group of friends there, or if you have um, family, mm-hmm. especially the bigger your family, because then you want to dedicate time to your family and not be also trying to entertain your friends at the same time. If it's a work one, um, I think the best thing to do is, uh, is to just do it out somewhere and get it at like a bar or restaurant that's mm-hmm. fun. Um, and so that's, so that's my first, I guess that's my first do is establish if it's family, friends, work, whatever. Some people, some people have jobs where they throw them for customers and that sort of thing. So again, that's, that's really not one for like your friends. So, so you have to be careful about like how much, how much you mix and match. Um, second, uh, we just talked about the music, so that's an easy one. Um, make sure the music's good. Um, you need the variety. Variety. So you know, please everybody. Try to please everybody with the music the best you can. Don't have it too loud. Um, that's annoying when you, especially the older you get, mm-hmm. when like if you're in the room where the music's being played and you have to shout, that's not fun. Um, the, the music should just perfectly fit into the background, I think. Um, all right, alcohol. This is an important one, obviously. I say for a Christmas party you kind of have to not be cheap summer barbecue kim you were you were saying you know give me a suggestion that's not miller light summer barbecue you can just buy a bunch of miller light or corona or whatever you want and grill up a bunch of chicken and that's it but i think for a christmas party you want to put the good stuff out i think you want good gin vodka scotch bourbon well we used to do the 12 beers of christmas party too the 12 beers of christmas was a great great uh yeah that's so so jeremy can talk about that that was that this is a great idea why don't you explain what what it was uh the 12 beers of christmas i used to host this every year all i would do everybody the the rule was you bring a a, uh one of those 12 packs that is a variety pack i would just set out like a bunch of bins and coolers with ice you put your entire 12 pack in there and everybody drinks whatever they want from any cooler and you just have a massive variety of awesome beers to try. That's a good idea. And it and it was re- and in the beginning, so like in the first ninety minutes, couple hours, we're all talking about the different beers and how good they are, and oh, you got to try this. And but after you know a couple hours in, then it was more just we were um, intoxicated. Yeah, <laughs> it, it catches up to you quick because a lot of those winter beers are pretty strong. They're like and heavy. You know, seven percent alcohol beers, and yeah, you have a few of those. And well, um, now there's Uber. Exactly. So exactly. we don't have to worry about that really nice. if yeah. you're thinking about the 12 beers of Christmas idea. Yeah, you can actually enjoy the, the 12 beers. And, uh, and now it takes me 12 days to get through the 12 <laughs> beers of Christmas. And Sam, you probably have about 12 days off of work after I'm o- I am off work for the I'm off work for the rest of the year on vacation, so I'm, I'm probably going to uh, be trying a couple different beers on all of those 12 days. Well, I think so. you guys have given us um, – and you know the listeners some pretty good suggestions tonight are there any other um, pieces of advice we need to give out i mean jeremy anything we forgot to mention for an optimal holiday experience or you think the 12 beers of christmas might do it oh i think it's a good thing for everybody to try at least once yeah uh, absolutely and, and, you know do it before you have kids because that's a that's a hangover day yes yeah Okay. Having a hangover with children, not fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not fun. It's sort all. of like having a hangover without children, but worse. Uh, much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, just infinitely worse. 
Um, there's no, uh, there's no telling your, uh, your one-year-old to go back to bed. And your um, significant other gives you no sympathy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, at, so we're talking about kids. So Jeremy and I are like, you know, a little older, married kids, dog, the whole thing. So Kim, you're younger, hipper, cooler, and you're not single anymore, but you've been, you know, single a lot more recently than us. Mm-hmm. So for our single guys and girls listening that maybe have started dating someone i want to ask you what's the protocol here how long should you have been dating before you take someone home to a holiday party (coughs) or just for the the holiday in general and let's break it down Mm -hmm. can you take a new significant other to a friend's christmas party um how long you know how long should you be dating before you do that for a friend's christmas party versus a family party even a work party. So how does all of this work? You're the expert here. You know a lot about dating and relationships and all these kind of things that Jeremy and I do not know about. So why don't you give that advice? I'll add one question to that as well. When do you know in a relationship, if you just started it and it's near the holidays, that you're supposed to do a gift? Oh, Oh, that's a great question. And like how much are you supposed to spend? That is a great question. Um, Well, let's start with... Um, you're dating someone. Is okay. that is that the question? Yeah, so you're dating. So you're dating. So obviously you've made it official. Yeah. Okay, so because you... Here's the tricky part. Friends Christmas party. I'd say you're dating at least six weeks. Friends Christmas party. Okay. Here's the tricky part. You bring your newly significant other to your friends Christmas party because you've been dating six or more weeks, but you haven't quite been dating maybe three months, which is the mark that I think that you should be inviting your significant other to a family Christmas party. So if you bring your newly significant other and other and guys, this is probably where you need to listen. You bring them to your friend's Christmas party, but you don't invite them to your family's Christmas party. You're in big trouble because girls won't see the difference between that. Like we're dating. We have this, we have this title. I'm good enough to meet your friends at their Christmas party, but I'm not good enough to be invited to your family's Christmas party. So, um, you know, you might, you might want to think about that. Is this person someone I'm going to invite to my family Christmas party? Like having Christmas day dinner or Christmas Eve, you know, dinner, um, or going to church with, like, I don't, I don't know, whatever your traditions are. And if it's a no, they're not good enough or you're not at that step yet, then you might not want to bring them to your friend's Christmas party because girls have a tough time (coughs) you know real yeah i'd make that mistake yeah. i would absolutely <laughs> make that mistake you weren't expecting that were you no, no that yeah. was that's good advice I, um definitely for a works christmas party um it would have to be serious so i'd, I'd want to say like a year or more and that one's easy because you can just say to the person you're dating oh i have this work yes. christmas party and yeah you can just play it off like it's going to be a yeah. chore and even and, if your work christmas party is fun just so and, and honestly like maybe more than a year for works Christmas. Like if it's serious, you yeah. know what I mean? If, if, if you're adults about it and it's serious about well, the relationship. I feel like for work Christmas party, you can easily say there's no plus ones. Yeah. 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 There's like, a lot of yeah. ways to get around that. Yeah. Um, or it's going to be boring or like, yeah. I don't like the people I work with. Um, so yeah. The other thing too is, um, if you're bringing a significant other to your family's Christmas party. So I've been dating someone for like a year now. Okay. Like I, I already know like I'm getting them a gift and I already told my boyfriend like 
you need to give my parents a gift card. You know what I mean? Because sure. we're at that stage now. It's like it'll be awkward. Like it'll be awkward if like you don't yeah. get them something. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a couple bottles of wine. Maybe it's yeah, a it gift certificate to out to eat. That's the simplest thing. Like yeah. a gesture. No lottery yeah. tickets though. I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> that's daggy. No. Yes, agreed. <laughs> um. So yeah, did I answer your question? That was good. But now we got to get to Jeremy's question about the um, you're dating someone new and the holidays just. Oh, they just started. Yeah, so like you did, you start dating someone. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving oh, and, weekend, and what and to now get them later? It's Christmas. Yeah, so if you've been dating someone for over four weeks, I'd say a small. Here's the thing, what do, what do we consider like, you know, what seals the deal? If you, if you sealed the deal, then you need to get him a gift. Well, uh, can you? Define? No, I can't. Uh, I'm not uh, on air. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I think you mean I, like if you buy a gift I think by I, sealing the deal of purchasing the gift, you then have to give it to them. I, <laughs> if I, you sealed the deal, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I get it. If you sealed um, the deal, um, girls are going to be then expect, the relationship is a different yeah, level. Yeah, then okay. girls are going to expect um, expect a small gift at least. It doesn't have to be like something like I don't know a scarf, but you, but it needs something, to be something thoughtful and nice. Something thoughtful and nice, not necessarily expensive, but something right. thoughtful and nice. Right, like a scarf or like I don't know. How do you, how, okay, here's a great question. How should the guy go about asking what your, what your tastes and preferences are? Like, would you rather just be totally surprised or would you rather them ask some sneaky questions to get, because I, I'm terrible. I got this one. Okay. You, all right. What, what this is you, what you do. Okay. All right. Guys, listen to this because this is brilliant. You Google two things. <laughs> The girl's name <laughs> and the word Pinterest. Ah. And you sneak onto their Pinterest and oh. see what they like. Oh, but see, my Pinterest, I barely go on anymore, but it's all teaching related. Okay, well, don't Google Kimberly and Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also, I did this with my wife like years ago, so it might not work anymore. Guys listening in like 2012, <laughs> this is good advice. Yeah. That that's that's really good. You know what can't go wrong with girls um, between the ages of maybe like twenty five and thirty five. Um, Alex Adani bracelets. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. So oh. this is news. This is good news. Okay. Because Alex I, Smith and Ani DeFranco have a bracelet company. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would assume that uh, a lot of guys don't know what that is. So now they can Google that. Yeah, but if you've been dating someone for longer than I'd say three or four months, that's too tacky. You need okay. to buy something more expensive. Okay. Hmm. I like your three month guideline mm-hmm. about you know about family time, yeah. because I don't know about you. I that that was that was for me like that was my cutoff. I would yeah. end relationships after three months if I didn't think it was going anywhere. Yeah. Just to try and be fair to everyone involved. I one time bought a girl a, a Christmas gift and wrapped it and then like waited to give it to her until it seemed like she expected something. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Now what if she never expected the gift? Were you gonna take it back? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. That, that's a that's a plan. <laughs> yeah. Because I my thing is too like. I don't want to seem too forward when I used to be in the single, like, yeah. oh, I got you this gift, and, like, I got you, like, this really nice it's gift, awful. and then the, you got me, like, a Chiefs sweatband. Yeah, the <laughs> sweatband. <laughs> yeah, the guessing game about gifts is awful, and it seems like, if I remember correctly, it was a long time ago, because I'm old and have not been single for a very long time, but... Yeah. It just seemed like it was always something like 
a month into dating was oh, birthday yeah. or Christmas. a birthday mm-hmm. or, or Valentine's holiday. Day. Yeah. Like just it just seemed like it was always something mm-hmm. a month into dating and having to do that guessing game of mm-hmm. well is she gonna think I'm too forward, like you said, or will she think this is just right? There needs to be a um But didn't it just feel right in your relationships now? It just it, you didn't yes. have to second guess yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. 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 Uh, like, I th- you would agree probably since we're both married. Like, yeah. with my wife, everything just came a lot more natural. And yeah. That's how you know. But, you know, there's all those awkward dating years where most people nowadays, I think, don't marry the first person they date. Yeah. They mm-hmm. go through a lot, mm-hmm. especially if you go to college somewhere else, if you work in a different city for a little yeah. while. Like, most people go Jesus. through, oh, you know, been a several. Republican well, in I, Florida. <laughs> I I, uh, I I ran into a situation with my current <laughs> wife where I um like a week after we started dating I got invited to an out of town wedding. Ooh. Oh. That was that was like the invite. So then the wedding was like four was to six. Was there a plus one? I don't remember oh. offhand. Yeah. I, I I think there was because I was pretty close with this person and they probably gave it to me. But at the same time I'm like, this is an overnight thing. <laughs> We've only been together for a little while. Yeah. Um, well, so then, that, well, that then, one was tough. Well, then I didn't bring it. Well, there. then Kim's sorry, uh, Robin. Then Kim's uh, did you quote seal, seal the, the deal, deal already? <laughs> I think would come into play on whether or not you can expect an overnight uh, trip. I think it was one of those things where I like held off as long as I could to send in the RSVP, yeah. like just to see how feeling this goes it out. And, yeah, but then it got to the point where they're like, "Are you coming?" Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "They're well, in uh, the wedding. Are you coming?" Like, I'm yes, I am. I guess put me down for no plus one because I can't bring it up yet. Yeah, that yeah, that's a that's a tough one too. It could be so. It could be a holiday. It could be a birthday. It could be some. I've I've had that too, where, you know, one of your good friends is getting married and you just started dating a girl and is it i and especially once you go through a wedding and the planning and the worst part how expensive it is then like when you have an, a, an appreciation for that then you you definitely know like you don't want to just like bring like any old girl well, or guy <laughs> again like she said about the the friend's christmas party i mean bringing a girl to a good friend's wedding is much bigger than bringing them. Yeah, because they meet party. all your friends. Yeah. They meet yeah. all your friends in like a very intimate environment. Yes. And it's yeah. almost like, so somebody else is getting married, but it's almost like you're introducing almost that level of, of companion yeah, like, to like your circle of friends. Like, yeah. the, like this is a possibility if you're bringing her to a, to a good friend's wedding. Right. So. And then what if all your friends don't like him or her? That could happen. Yeah. That could happen. Hopefully, you're dating, you know, the right person, and you're confident that. Uh, Hopefully, they just wait to get married like an extra two months, so by then you know whether or not you should bring the person. That mm-hmm. that would help too. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you postpone your wedding. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Kim, that was uh, that was very gr- good advice from from you on the holidays and dating. Um, you know, we always try and and give people uh, a little more than football. So uh, so hopefully that helps. Um, for all of you listening, whoever you spend your holidays with and however you celebrate, have a wonderful holiday season. Next week's Christmas. So, Kim, you get the day off. We won't be doing mm-hmm. the show on Christmas Day. Thank you. Um, yeah. And that means we'll talk to you guys again just after New Year's. I may sneak in another mini pod between now and then to give you guys game picks. Uh, but those will also be up on thefootballpod.com. So keep an eye on the website over the next couple of weeks and we'll post all of our game picks, previews, and commentary. As usual, Kim, when we next do this, we'll be previewing the wild card games. Um, pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, Jeremy, thanks for being here. And thanks, thanks for, for all having the great me. work you've done on the website this year. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank God it's NFL playoff season and college bowl season two. Get together with your family and friends and watch. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Say bye. Bye now. Bye.